You're listening to A Little Happy Podcast with Natty Metter and Mary Susan Buner. It is no surprise that life is more enjoyable when we share it with one another, and certainly is more fun when we can laugh and learn from everyday experiences. Listen here for conversations with guests about the messy and perfect ways we navigate a more authentic life, sharing space to be kind and gentle to ourselves. Thanks for listening to A Little Happy Podcast, small everyday moments that create a big life. This week on A Little Happy Podcast, I am joined by the owner of the Seedlings Flower Farm and Truck, Laura Deck. Y'all, this is such a cool episode and one I have been super excited to record and share with you. Laura and her husband, Logan, live on their farm with their three children, and Laura shares some experiences around motherhood and how a love offering of a field of sunflowers inspired her to create and launch the Seedlings Flower Farm. We talk about failure about not having it all figured out. Laura shares some early experiences selling flowers at a farmer's market and lessons learned in owning a small business. She shares how her experience as a flower farmer is far more than the flowers if you just speak it into the world. I am so happy to share this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, When the Flowers Seek You with Laura Deck on A Little Happy Podcast. Welcome back to A Little Happy Podcast. I am... Natty Metter, co-host of this little happy space that we have carved out for you um, each week. We are so thankful for your continued listens and your likes and your subscribes uh, to this little happy space that we've created. Certainly, uh, we appreciate all of the support that you give a little happy podcast. It means the world. Uh, it means the world to us. So, thank you for listening today. Um, I am thrilled to be joined uh, by a very special guest, Laura Deck, the owner of the Seedlings Flower Farm and Truck. And I honestly, I cannot wait for this conversation today. I have followed uh, Laura and her small business uh, since I think really the inception of the flower truck. Uh, and I have been eager to ask her to join us here to share a little bit about uh, the inspiration behind her flower farm and what her family has been up to. So Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be here with you in your happy little space. So oh, thank you. I know we were just talking before we started recording that, um, you know, a little happy podcast really was created out of the desire to share some of the like imperfect, messy parts of life. And, uh, and it sounds like, I mean, we just were laughing saying, gosh, none of us are immune to those parts of life in order to, to feel and seek joy. Uh, and I'm so excited to um, chat with you a little bit about how you're showing up to life and your approach to things. So thanks again for, for being willing to join. For sure. We love to show, I feel like talk about all the time at the Seedlings is the beautiful chaos that is life. And oh. that's exactly what our life was created around here at the Seedlings was a beautiful chaos. So I'm excited to share that with you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is like, honestly, one. it's so funny you say that's one of the mottos that I have tried to hold close uh, because that is exactly what life is, beautifully chaotic, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, for sure. Well, um, can you tell us a little bit, to get us started, can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. So um, I've already got a wonderful introduction from you, but I, in my past life, was an educator. I taught special education for eight years in the public school systems. I taught self-contained for a year and then inclusion for seven more years. And 
that was my heart song and my identity hat. And uh, I'll get into what I think about identities and the hats that we wear as women and how many of those we wear. Mm. Um, But when I took that hat off, um, almost seven years ago, I was at home with my kiddos and We'll get into my story, I'm sure, in depth, but that's when I stayed at home with my twins. I had a 20-month-old, Evelyn, and then I had our twins, Annie and Abe, and I started staying at home and pretty quickly found that the flowers found me. So mm. that's that's kind of how the seedlings started and where it was born from was me being a stay-at-home mama that was kind of lost in the chaos of all of that. Okay, hang on. Before we even start on the flowers, I did not realize that you are a mom of twins. I'm a mom of twins. Oh, yeah. Okay. I am a mom of twins. Yes. So the twins twins brought me to the flowers. Oh, my God. Dang, the twins. I mean, we need to do a whole series on this, sister. So we have an older son, and then we're surprised with twins. And um, gosh, they, that experience humbled me. I mean, that's really part of how A Little Happy was born too, was, was trying to find this space of reprieve, right? Right. Um, and so. That's exactly right. I mean, so we'll have, <clears throat> I'd love to dive into it with so much to talk about. Um, how so old yes, are your twins? So they are five, five, they'll be six in May. Oh, my twins just turned seven. So okay. they are right there. Right close. I know, I mean, gosh. We just survived high five through the phone on that. Uh-huh. We survived the first five years. That's what they kept saying. That's what they keep saying. Um, and you know, it's so interesting because every stage brings um, this beautiful relief and this the next like navigation of Ugh. whatever, challenge, struggle. So true. Know, humility. humility. <laughs> um, and uh, oh my gosh. Okay. So I would love, so you're an educator. Yes. Before um, children brought you home, right? Children brought me home. Um, yes. And so, how did the seedlings? Well, what was the inspiration behind some of that for you? To be honest, I say this all the time, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I swear, the flowers sought me out. I f- I swear that Jesus sent me flowers <laughs> in mm. the form of. I was staying at home. I was very identity driven by my title as a teacher and a mother. Those were my identities. When I took off the hat, I'll never forget this. And this is not something to be shameful of. Being a stay-at-home mom is like the hardest job in the world. The most, the most, the, the work, the job that should get the grand title of all things important is being a mother. Yes. But in my mind, and I think a lot of women struggle with this, you kind of lost a piece of yourself in motherhood. Mm-hmm. And there was some mess in that for me. There was some um, anxiety. I would say I had some postpartum anxiety looking back after the twins. Um, I, I didn't really know who I was in that space. And my husband and my brother-in-law planted my first sunflowers all the way up our hillside. Mm. Um, we live on a family farm. There's 100 acres here, and we have 17. And we were just kind of sitting on this land, raising our kiddos. And our literally, my kids can say, were you born in a barn? Kind of, because we <laughs> live in a barn dominium, or we did. Yeah. And so I found myself one day sitting on the hillside, looking at these 5,000 beautiful sunflowers going up my hillside that was a 
real love offering from my husband and my brother-in-law to me because that was a vision that I had, but never a vision to become a business. Mm. And I'm sitting there crying, looking at this, what, what seemingly to another mother that can't do what I'm doing doesn't, isn't as fortunate and blessed to be able to sit here and play these flowers with her kiddos. And still, I just looked out and went, those flowers are, are saving me. They're calling Mm. me. I have to share them. I have to do this. I need other people to feel kind of over this healing power of what these these really pretty flowers were doing for me and for my family. And so I remember I got up off the hill and I'd been crying and thinking, why can't you just find your peace? Like mm. you are you're living this beautiful dream. Like people dream of doing what you're doing. And I went up to my husband and I said, you know, Logan, Logan is my husband. I said, mm. Logan, I think I'm going to be a market farmer. And he paused. There was silence. He just stared at me like, are you kidding me? We just got you home. Like, this was the dream. What are you talking about? You don't know how to do anything for the market. But I also found I'm really into sacred spaces. Mm. So creating sacred spaces, seeking out spaces that make you feel whole again. Mm-hmm. So that has been something since I've been a little bitty girl. I have sacred spaces and I can share those. And my farm is by far on my top list of sacred spaces. And so I said, no, I'm going to sell the flowers. And he laughed. He said, you didn't even grow those. Like, <laughs> like, like we grew them. Like, I'll help you with this. But like, what do you mean? You don't have any, you didn't garden growing up. I haven't, mm. I didn't, I did grow up on a small hobby farm, a uh, cattle farm, actually. Okay. I showed 4-H, had livestock experience. I had never grown a tomato. I mean, I had grown nothing. So I just said, I I am going to do this. And if you know me well, when I say I am, Mm -hmm. I I am going to do it. So um, that was my whole mission was to learn as much as I could over that next six month period, six to eight month period before it was time to order seeds, do that sort of thing to prepare to share these flowers. And I don't even think that that the financial business part of it, when I was looking over, just kind of thinking about what we might talk about today, even entered into the picture until Mm. much later. It was really a start from, I want everyone to feel what I feel right now Mm. with the joy that these flowers bring to me. What a power, thank you so much for sharing that. And what a powerful uh, experience. I love the way you tell that story too, of first start, there's so much to dive into. First, starting with the being identity driven. Gosh, I feel that. And it is like, it can, it can paralyze us. It paralyzes me because it, you know, it can put us in these spots where we think we must do something or be someone based on whatever our perception is of ourselves or what we think society should have us. What the uh, world has told us from the the, time we're little bitty girls. Right. What was kind of your destiny? Right. And what it means. And what it means. Is it important? Yes. You know, and, and I think that's, um, man, I have struggled. I've struggled. I've had my, my share. I've shared here before that I went through some severe postpartum anxiety and depression after mm-hmm. having the twins. Um, similarly through COVID went through some really hard struggle with, you know, unhealthy behavior and in depression and really losing identity, you know, and because I don't think I really knew what it was to begin with. Um, or I was identifying in the wrong ways. And so I agree. Um, I really appreciate you sharing that and how um, something as as simple as sitting on 
a hill overlooking flowers can be so impactful. I love the the way that you described. So sunflowers, right, is what your yes. husband and brother and brother-in-law mm-hmm. or brother planted? My brother-in-law, yes. Um, as a love offering to you. I love that. It truly um, can, was. Can, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, they, they went out there. Actually, um, we borrowed a tiller from my uncle. Logan went and got it because we didn't have our own tiller for the first two years. We borrowed a tiller. So, um, (laughs) we borrowed this tiller that went behind a tractor that we borrowed from my in-laws. There was just a lot of steps that were not just easy. So -hmm. that's why I call it a love offering Mm -hmm. that, I mean, these men could really probably care less about these sunflowers, (laughs) but they knew how important they were to me and they could feel my need for this sense of joy. And they were seeking any way they could to kind of bring that to the kids and I. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I hate to describe the first year of the twins' life that way because it was also very joyous and wonderful in many, many ways. But I just was truly in a state of, I almost tear up thinking about it because I will never, I just will never forget the moment it clicked with me that the feeling of wholeness was coming from watching them in those flowers and Mm -hmm. being together with them. So the love offering to me was just all the effort that they went through. Um, my, they didn't grow immediately and germinate. So my brother-in-law went back and he started walking them in. So they walked all these flowers in up this hillside. Um, and they were just absolutely stunning. And to be honest, to be transparent, I tried to replicate that same strip of sunflowers. It has never grown again Is that in that right? spot. And it's so uncanny. They've been spotty. They haven't did well. That year, they were a wall of almost, and I am, I am very metaphorical. So it was almost like a wall of protection and Mm. of just comfort Mm -hmm. for me in, in the form of these flowers. And I, I mean, I had people that didn't know me at the time that now they were like, we drove past there. We had no idea. And I said, well, it wasn't a flower farm at that time. It was just these beautiful flowers. And we've never yet to be able to make it look like that there again. So it was just like everything in our story is so in its own timing and so just laid out for us. We just followed the breadcrumbs, really. Right, right. So. Well, and I mean, how do you explain that? How do you explain <laughs> this beautiful, sacred, you know, you said sacred space, the sacred space of sunflowers grown for you, um, you know, you like in this, yeah. I mean, I get, I'm tearful thinking about that, especially as you were talking about the first life of your twins. I, I mean, girlfriend, I resonate with that to my core. You just lose everything. Perception of time, perception of person, perception of space, who I am, what am I supposed to do? Am I doing a good job? How's my relationship with my spouse? I mean, like all the all things are it. questioned. Yeah. All the and, things. And I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that it's unique to having twins. I think it's unique to big life change. Agreed. Right. So for the example that I think you and I can resonate with is adding two more little humans into our worlds. But I think with, with anyone who's listening, who may have, have experienced a a large shift in their everyday or in their perception of what their life was maybe going to look like, um, it can be really scary. And so having something, a sacred space, a a love offering, a a thing to sort of, it sounds like bring you back to life a little Mm -hmm. bit. 
um, sure. is, is really very inspiring. And then what you decided to do with it though. So the, I'd love to hear your um, experience or your reflection on, you know, at, so you go inside, you tell Logan, I want to share this with the, I want to share this with people because I would imagine you were feeling, I don't know, some sort of relief, some sort of healing, some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. um, so what was that? What was that like? So it, the great thing about Logue and as people get to know him is he is my, I call him my silent partner. Mm. And so he quietly listens and kind of looks at me like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> this sounds kind of crazy, but his, his endless support. So he instantly was like, if you, if you want to pursue this, we, we can pursue this. We can figure out what that looks like in the world of flower farming. And if, if, and I was scared to even call myself that. So I would have never, I really don't feel like I started calling myself a flower farmer, a real flower farmer until about three years ago. But there was just, I don't know, such excitement for something new, something that was my own, but also something when I told him and he was on board with that I could do alongside my kids. And that's Mm -hmm. really where the name for our business came from. I think everybody knows that the seedlings, three little seedlings growing up amongst the flowers has been our whole theme and building what we do as a way of life. Mm -hmm. So from that moment on, it was like, oh my gosh, this is my calling. This has been the itch in my soul since I have been 15 years old that I could not fulfill in the classroom, that I could not fulfill with any wine and canvas because I knew I was called to create. (laughs) I laugh all the time. I tried everything, jewelry making, painting, everything. It was horrible. You could not even tell Mm. what was supposed to be happening. And from the (laughs) moment, I mean, it was awful, really. And then to find something that I could do with the kids, still be the role in their life that they needed me to be, and to do something that they was truly a lifestyle. To be a farmer is such a um, unique, a unique, um, I guess, career. Mm. But I really just call it our way of life. And Logan and I had both grown up as farmers, but livestock farmers. Mm. Um, and it's the same there. I mean, there's so many life lessons to be learned on the farm. We had you know, just all of these different things we wanted for our children. And so to be able to do that amongst these beautiful flowers and to build a community. So the community thought process came a little later, but I think all of it just came very naturally. I didn't set out, I didn't, I didn't even make a Facebook page or any social media until after our first season at market. And someone Mm. said, you should really have a Facebook page. <laughs> and How are I we said, going okay. to find you? <laughs> Which we can talk more about this. But when when I went in initially and, and spoke with Logan and we decided we were going to do this thing, um, I always say that, I even have this in my notes, I'm, a, uh, I'm kind of a say yes and figure it out later kind uh-huh. of person. <laughs> right. So, and he's a planner. So that's a good balance for me. But it was like, okay, we said yes, now we're doing it. We are doing the thing. I I don't know. It's just, it was an overwhelming sense of just, we've arrived. I, I feel it in my soul. There is something um, so special about having moments in life like that, where you, you go from like um, being unaware to being aware. I, you know, I, I've had moments like that where you're, you sort of like blissfully kind of are walk blissfully or sometimes not blissfully walking through life. And then you become like you see again. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And so it's really very cool that you have been able to do that for yourself and for your family and then figured out a way to share it with people. It is such a joy to be able to see that and, and to understand the stories behind why people decide to do what they do. I think it's, it's really very cool. So what sort of lessons as you have, um, as you have continued to build your business, um, and I, I kind of want to talk about like the business side of things, but then yeah. really about the community side of things as well. Cause I think there's so much impact on both, but lessons you've learned along the way of growing, you know, going from, this is the inspiration. This is what I know I'm supposed to do to then building like a sustainable model to, you know, to like, to be from able to accomplish that. To a hundred right. business. So right. from teacher to small business owner, mother of three. Right. Um, let's wrap that up in about two, two to three minutes. Right. Here. That'd be great. No, that would be great. <laughs> I love it. So um, I had zero business background, really didn't even look at the seedlings as a business um, until I was like, we're going to go to the farmer's market. But the farmer's market was really a tool for me to reach out to my community and share this feeling. Mm -hmm. So I love to tell the story of kind of the, the bare roots. And I want people to understand that if you have this passion and this and this dream and this drive, and I said earlier, you know, I'm an aim ready fire kind of, or yeah. what is it? Fire ready aim, fire yeah, ready. ready aim. There we go. Fire <laughs> right. ready aim kind of person. Um, but my, my business I'm actually doing, I'm going to talk to the kiddos at, um, Edgewood about marketing and entrepreneurship and, you know, you want to feel a little like a fraud, but I mean, right. obviously I figured it out a little <laughs> bit here, but, um, anyways, my mom, the first market, it starts, it goes back to this. So this can tell you how much growth you can have, because I think I know a thing or two after five years in business, but sure. it really started with ignorance is bliss and <laughs> it's comical. I was packing up all of my things to go to the market. She was going to watch the kids and come with me so they could come. But at that time, I don't know if you remember a few years back, um, the farmer's market wasn't the safest place mm -hmm. in town. Yep. So um, I went to the Tuesday market because I didn't feel comfortable at the Saturday market. So I am packing up my 10 jars because that's mm -hmm. all the flowers I had to fill Right. We're 10 jars. Right. Because it looked like weeds. I wouldn't let anyone come here. It was never <laughs> going to let the public in because right. it was so just a disaster. Mm. Just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So anyways, um, I'm packing up my things. I have my jars. Laura, do you have a table? She says. And I said, yes. <laughs> and I pull out this card table and put it in the back of my minivan. Right. Do you have a tablecloth? Mm. Yes, I do. I pull out an old quilt and I put it in the back of the car. I mean, all these things were just, I was so concerned with growing the flowers and surviving in motherhood that the business part of it really came secondary. It was mm -hmm. just, we've got to get these flowers into the world. That was just my initial impulse. Yeah. These yeah. flowers have to be shared. Do you have a cash box? Was the next question. Oh, right. No, I absolutely no. did not have a cash box. What do you mean? With ones, fives, and tens? Are you kidding me? Are we doing this for money? Yes, right. yes, you are kind we of doing are. doing this for money. Right. Yes, are, right. you kind of are. You said you're going to do this. Like, right. now let's think about this. So quickly, we get in our purses. No joke. We're gathering any cash we can find around the house to make this cash box that then goes in my kiddo's lunchbox. I was just going to ask, did you use, cash box. I was going to say, did you use like your, one of your kids, like Fisher Price cashier register things? Yeah, right. You know? That's what I should have done <laughs> for sure. So 
when I say humble beginnings, I truly mean humble beginnings. And then her last question was, do you have a sign? How will people know what things cost? Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but it's, it's so wonderful because it's grown into such a, a real live business now. And I said, no, hold on. And the kids have been painting all day on the porch. And of course, you know, it's still out because we're a mess and I've mm-hmm. been harvesting and that's just what it is. Yeah. And so I paint on the back of a broken, we have antique chairs around. I rip the antique chair apart, paint on the back of it, the seedlings, paint some little flowers. I said, yep, I have yep, a sign. There it is. All within about 45 minutes of leaving for our first market. So let me tell you about being a business owner. It's fantastic. And I have all my things together. Never. Right. <laughs> so never, ever, ever. So that's where we started. Went to the market the first year. Um, saw a flower truck while on vacation. And my mom said, and this will make me teary eyed. Um, this is the dream, right? Like this, here it is. Like, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think having those people in your corner, like my husband, like my mom saying, you're going to do this, speak it into the world. This is you. This is where you're going. And so Logan and I, and we were, you know, I I share this pretty openly now, um, but we were really pinching pennies because he was in fire recruit school. Okay. I had stopped I had started staying at home. He had stopped another full-time job. So we had went from three incomes to one. Mm-hmm. And so buying seeds was even a thing. Right. You know, all of these things were just very penny-pinching. Oh, my gosh, can we do the next thing? We took every dime we had, which is not what I recommend people to do that are responsible humans. I'm not <laughs> putting this into the world that you should put yourself out there, but it worked out for me. And we bought the flower truck. And that was a whole journey and the fl- uh, into finding the flower truck. We traveled. I came home. We didn't find one. I would cry. I would pray. I'm a very driven person. So mm-hmm. I always pray, is this of me or is this of you, Lord? Mm-hmm. And let it be gone if it's not of me because I will force something that is not correct out of being driven. Oh, yeah. And so three days later, I'm, you know, picking up my kids at Sherwood Oaks preschool, picking up Evelyn and doing my thing and checking the marketplace over and over for this flower truck that's just gonna going to come to me. I even prayed for the color of it. I mean, I was really <laughs> casting some discernment here. Right. And I, um, it pops up at Chrysler Dodge and Jeep in Bloomington. It's two, two thousand, no joke, from Washington State. And if, if you don't know flowers, you wouldn't oh. know. Washington State is the holy grail mm-hmm. of flowers. Mm-hmm. It has a Washington State plate on the front. Stop. At Chrysler Dodge and Jeep in Bloomington. It is $2,000 more than what we have in the bank. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, we have to go look at it. Mm-hmm. And Logan's like, we have to eat. That's mm-hmm. important. Yeah, surviving. And, you know, surviving. And okay. I, he goes, I'll go talk to them. He also owns a truck. He's a diesel mechanic mm-hmm. and a fireman now for the city of Bloomington. And um, life is much different now, but mm. humble beginnings. So he goes and talks to the guy. He comes out. He said, he came down $3,000. We get to keep $1,000. Oh, my gosh. And he bought it. That's incredible. And from that moment on, I swear, if we hadn't have taken the risk on the flower truck, I would have blended. Mm. 
in. I, I mean, it, it's what brought us out. It's what made our business. It gave our business an identity amongst mm-hmm. so many wonderful small farms in our community. Bloomington is so blessed to have such a strong, organic, small farming community to provide for them. And this was our way of being unique. We found our niche. Yeah. You touched on something when you were um, on vacation, I think, and your, your mom had shared with you that this is what you are going to do. Not, Mm -hmm. this is what I think you could do. Not, this is what I hope you can do. But just this, like, this um, belief that this is how it's going to be, you know? And I think that is so cool. Um, And the truck itself, I'm so interested to hear about how you launched that because it did, it was sort of like this thing in our, so our, we, uh, Bloomington's in Southern Indiana, for those that are listening, um, and I remember seeing it for the first time, like downtown, maybe somewhere and being like, what is that? Because we, because you're right. We are so grateful. We're so lucky to have mm-hmm. so many good, um, farms around town, um, and people who are interested and willing to, to provide for us by Absolutely. way of food and by way of beautiful things like flowers and soaps and all this beautiful stuff. And you usually see it at market at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of having a, a, a place, a local place to be able to have these beautiful flowers, um, and that just kind of pops up wherever you are in town is yeah. super cool. The coffee, you just did one down here at the Verona coffee shop. I did. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I'd love to hear some of your experiences around what it was like to get the truck up and going. Um, and, uh, how you were able to partner with all these other beautiful small businesses to be able to support one another. I think that's super cool. Well, I like to call it my selling Girl Scout cookies phase (laughs) because I would go literally door to door to Upland, to Switchyard Brewery, to Lola, to all these places. Um, Actually, Lisa reached out to us first. She's been a great supporter since the very beginning um, at Lola and Company downtown. Mm -hmm. But I literally would walk in. I would have my papers to describe what we were because you send an email about this. And if people aren't familiar, it's just, what is this girl talking about? Mm -hmm. And so I believe face-to-face interaction gets you jobs. Mm-hmm. So I say, I was selling my Girl Scout cookies. I would go in and I would say, hi, could I speak with your manager? They kind of look at me like, oh, is she upset? Right. <laughs> Does she have What's a bad happened? meal? Right. What happened here? Right. Um, and I did send lots of emails too, but the best connections have been when I have just put myself out there. And that is extremely uncomfortable. Oh Even gosh, for an yeah. extroverted, I'm an extrovert. I'm a type A person. I think If you listen to me speak for two seconds, you can get that from me. And I was still extremely uncomfortable. I mean, hives on my neck, nervous, Mm. but you do the things that are uncomfortable because those are the things that are going to get you the most growth Mm -hmm. and growth at a speed that is not disheartening. Mm -hmm. So, and I knew we had risked it all. Yeah. So it was time for me to get out there and do what I needed to do. And luckily, I was met with a wonderful response from our community. My community, I always say it's friends first, flower second. We're flower Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. And I mean that. I know when someone's struggling with cancer and those sort of things. And I think it's because I put myself out there. I am vulnerable. I take risks, those sort of things. But yeah, I was in my Girl Scout selling cookies. So that's how I made all of that. 
connections at first. I would just walk right in there and probably my head wrap and my bracelets. <laughs> that was kind of my go-to because I didn't have time to do my hair. Right. I had three little kids. And half the time my mom would be sitting in the van with the three little kids. I would get out. I would go in and do my sales pitch. And I would hope for an email or a phone call back. And I would send a follow-up thank you for your time, that sort of thing. So I got in their inbox too. But they put a face with the name. So. Right. I think that's kind of how we made those connections. And then once we started getting out in town, people started reaching out to us because it is a fun experience. Sure. It is. It's the, your story of also sharing the, um, to go back to the first farmer's market you went to, mm-hmm. gosh, it is such a good example of the fact that we're just trying to figure it out as we go, totally. you know, and like in that that's okay. I, I have found so many times in my life where I have not either done something or I have not been, um, I've not moved forward in a way because I don't feel brave enough because I don't have it all figured out yet. And the, I don't have it figured out yet has paralyzed me so much where then I just miss this opportunity for growth. Right. Because I'm either held back by fear. I'm held back. You talked about being uncomfortable. I'm held back by discomfort. Yes. Like fear and discomfort are the two biggest ways to grow, right? But they, right. They're, they're the worst. You don't want to feel those oh, things, right? The worst feelings ever right? are so how fear you, and discomfort. Yeah. So how, you, how, you, how do you push through those things? You know, I think it's interesting as you shared your experience of coming into this new, you know, season of motherhood and of staying home with your children, you know, and, and then having this revelation of wanting to start and share the flowers with our community. I mean, there has to be fear and discomfort in those experiences, right? So how have you found ways to move through those things to experience growth? Um, My mom always says to me, I'm talking a lot about her. Her name is Shelly and she's a beautiful soul. And I hope that I aspire to be the kind Mm -hmm. of mother and supporter that she's been of me. But she's always told me from the time I was a little bitty girl, I've dealt with anxiety that our Mm. feelings lie to us. Mm. tell yourself what is real and true in your heart and in your mind, what is real and true to you. And what was real and true to me was we have a wonderful product. We have a product and an opportunity to share joy, Mm -hmm. to bring back something to our family that's going to benefit it. And you have to tell yourself the feeling inside of you is nothing but to hold you back. So Mm -hmm. that fear you're feeling that truly the cliche, I hate to even say it is, you know, faith over fear, Yeah, but it's truly putting out into the world what you want to get back, even if it's uncomfortable. Right. And there have been times, you know, there have been times when many, many, many times when I put out into the world what I want to get back and the world says no and slams the door. Um, I can't tell you how many farming scholarships I've applied for. It's Mm. been, no, try again next year. Or I would love to collaborate with you. Oh, we went a different direction. You know, those things happen so much and we fail to talk about those. But I think that you just kind of grow. You grow from the discomfort. And if you are comfortable, I think you should be questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. If you are sitting in a place of comfort, I think it's time to look for how you can make yourself uncomfortable. Right. Because that's when we push ourselves to the next limit. And it is not fun. at all to live in that space. But then the moment you click through and you start not quote unquote winning, but getting the things that you have manifested, you've prayed about, 
you have put out into the world, then you understand why the discomfort was so necessary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I resonate with that so much and that it, all of that takes time. You know, so I think time. the other thing too, that I, I often struggle with is like, I want that result like now or <laughs> yesterday, like, cause I got a hop to sister. I got other stuff to do, I you got know, stuff to be places to see people yeah. to meet. And yes. I want to, I want to, I want to have the entire bouquet of flowers. I want them <laughs> all here. Um, yes. and so I think there's so many lessons when I think of, of, of flowers, I'm a, I am, flowers are like my love language. My husband will say that to you. Most of my friends know that a small bouquet of flowers is like, that's just my happy little space. Um, and so I'd love to also talk about flower far- farming and the like busting the myths of the fact that, cause it's a, lots of people try and do it, right? It's a thing right now. It's, it's a trendy. Thing. I was kind of yeah. on the beginning of the trend, but it, I was in the trend. It's right. trendy. Right. So, so I, you know, so I have, I planted some stuff in our backyard and, and, you know, um, last summer, like waited and waited and some things bloomed and some things didn't. I remember at the end, I was like, well, that was inconvenient. <laughs> like, you know, I, cause I wanted to, I wanted to bring in like armfuls of flowers. You wanted the picture on Instagram. Yeah. Holding your bounty. I right? get it. Okay. Me so too. for two full years, I wanted that. Right. So in what, um, <clears throat> what an awesome, like, um, parallel to life, I think. Right. And in, in how patient I think you have to be in the example that we are using today in your business is, um, it takes time. Flowers take time right? And you have to care Absolutely. for them and you got to make sure that they're okay. And similarly, I think for ourselves, um, man, I have learned that the hard way that it takes time for me to be able to bloom or grow or Absolutely. whatever that is. And so I wonder if you have any paralleled experiences with um, your farm and also with with growth and how, and how you um, perhaps show that or talk to your your, you talked a lot about your kids, um, how you talk to your kids about some of that too, I think would be interesting. Absolutely. Um, I think that they've, they've watched me learn a lot through my mistakes on the farm. And we've had lots of great conversations about the mistakes, um, that we've made and the successes that we've had. Um, the kids watch, and I think it almost becomes their normal, (laughs) is to watch this kind of life cycle happen around us on the farm. But most of our flowers, I mean, our spring flowers have been in the ground since last September and won't bloom until May. So we've been tending them Mm. for some of them, just one cut, one stem. We have tended the flowers that long. So I think that um, we talk to the kids a lot about how it's okay to not have instant gratification in a world that screams at them, Oh man. Give it to me now. Yeah. And if I'm not instantly rewarded, it's not worth the effort um, to be put in for that. And I think that is a hard lesson to tell six and seven year olds, well, even as young as three and four year olds, Uh or I think about death too. And that's kind of a taboo subject, but we talk quite a bit about that in the flowers with our animals things like that and how the life cycle happens and Mm -hmm. how, you know, we can care for something. And then ultimately the end result is out of our control. We can't help if 
the dahlias get a disease and that crop is lost. You know, those sort right. of things we talk about how you can give everything. I think about this in terms of like college applications one day or making sports teams. You can try your best. You can work your hardest. You can do everything right mm-hmm. and the end result not be what you wished for it to be. Oh, and yeah. I think that that has been a really, especially recently, a really valuable lesson. Well, I think that there is there is such a connection between um, the instant the instant gratification mm-hmm. that we in our society I think are so we are so uh, eager just to like it all needs to be here right now in front of us and so I love the reflection and the ways in which I think your experience in flower farming can provide such great example for just the fact that it just takes time it, it just takes life so everything just takes time yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as we wrap up, tell me a little bit about you shared at the beginning that the flowers sought you out. (laughs) And I love that. And I wondered if you had any reflection on maybe what the what flowers have taught you over the last few years. Oh, my gosh, I feel like I found myself all over. It was almost like I was reborn again in this business. And um, Mm -hmm. I think they've taught me perseverance. I think they've given me confidence. I think they've ripped me down to my core when things don't go right and I'm questioning what we're doing. It's just been this rebirth process really of me as a human and finding that missing link. There was something in me. I I can't even put my finger on it. So this may make no sense. And I know that others feel it too, where you're just not quite where you need to be. Mm. So even when all the dahlias die, Mm -hmm. because I left the sprinkler on, (laughs) and that's thousands of dollars in tubers. No, they rotted. Or even when we flood and all of the sunflowers washed out 20,000 of them three times over, we just kept replanting Mm. them. I think the biggest thing that I have learned through our business is never give up. Just keep chipping away at the block to where you want to be. Envision yourself where you want to be. Um, mm. I didn't talk about it but our, earlier, but our studio. Mm. Our studio is where we lived in mm-hmm. a 900-square-foot barn dominium apartment for seven oh years gosh. with five of us. And we would move out for the Christmas season, all of our furniture, into the garage base where Logan did his work. And I would pretend so people could envision it for two years that this was already our studio. I would hide all the toys. I would do all the things so that my customers could come here. So even when it's not easy, even when you kind of feel like imposter syndrome, oh, Mm -hmm. we we could go on that for a whole episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when it doesn't feel right, just keep going. Just Mm -hmm. keep chipping away at it until you get to where it does. I mean, I feel like our business is great now and I'll have people say, oh my gosh, so much growth. And I'm like, yes, but <laughs> yeah. there's so many ways that we can improve and there's, there's just, I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly, but there are just so many ways to just keep chipping at it until you get to be, get to where you want it to be. And I'm not oh. sure it's to this moment where we need to be or where we want to be or what the seedlings will look like in five years from now. But I do know that I'm so grateful for the successes and the failures. And 
it's it's just been a real journey of both, just ups and downs. Mm. No, it's it's a it's such a great re- <clears throat> such a great reflection, um, and it's so powerful to be reminded too that you just need to keep moving forward. You know, I I had a, a friend who was on the show a while back, and I think I've quoted her almost every single time. But she had said once that forward is a pace, and mm-hmm. I love it. Just that that you just have to keep moving. Just this keep is moving like the farm. This is a marathon, right? Life is a marathon. It is right. not a sprint, right? It is not that we hit the golden bridge yeah. at the end and all the sunflowers are blooming. We never have any problems again, right? There's everything is a success. It's just a marathon and it's, it's finding your pace, right? And, and just keep cyclical. chipping away. Yes. Right. It's cyclical. It's, pro- it's all progress. I hope that I never feel like I'm done. You know, and never because then that just means that we've we're at the end. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, no and good. maybe maybe we will get there one day. But I I love that perspective, um, and I appreciate so much you sharing some of those reflections as it relates because it really is so much more than the beautiful flowers, which is amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. But it's the the experience behind <clears throat> the inspiration for creating something that you are willing to be vulnerable enough to share with us. I think that is where I draw so much inspiration because it reminds me that if I can be just as vulnerable, that it creates the stronger connection for humans, right? And that's Absolutely. what we're supposed to be here for. If one person can take comfort in something, just reach one person, touch right. one person. It's not about all the followers or all right. the money or all the things that business in the world tells you it should be. It's about reaching one person. And if you can do that, I feel like you have had success in that day and in that moment. Mm-hmm. So our community, and I think that I touch on this a lot on my page. And sometimes I think I sound redundant when I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I I can't even tell you, and I still doubt if people will show up to the party every time before I post my team's like, <laughs> what, what is wrong with you? Why mm-hmm. everybody buys the workshops. Why are you scared? Mm-hmm. But you still have that self doubt, but then your community just wraps around you. And I think you build a solid foundation and a solid community and you attract people by being your real authentic self. You get what you put out. I truly believe that. So if you put out kindness, goodness, vulnerability, authenticity, and that's that's a real hot word right now. So I, I struggle to like use it, like being your authentic self. But I think it's so true. Then that just comes back to you tenfold. And oh, that's absolutely. what's happened in the seedlings. I feel like we took the risk. We put out what we felt was really beautiful in our community. I, it's just, and they truly care. Mm-hmm. One last example, and I know we have to wrap things up, but I posted, what do you think about us returning to the farmer's market? Mm. <laughs> like, give me some feedback. And I loved that, like, 10 of my ladies that are just so sweet were like, now, Laura, don't overdo it. We're worried about <laughs> your health. You do so mm. much. But that is real community. I mm. took that as such a love, like, not a voice of telling me what to do or something like that, but they truly cared for me. They cared for my family, my phase in life, all of those things. Now we are, I think, we haven't got the go ahead from Lori, but we are returning to market this year for the first time. So we will have the flower truck twice a month at least at market as long as they accept us. So 
Hopefully they will. Um, <clears throat> and my mom's going to run that. So if you've heard me talk about Shelly today, Shelly will be running the farmer's market truck because I, they, my, my lovely team and community of flower lovers, they're correct. I can't do it. So yeah. um, she's going to jump on board. But I think that that is what it is. Just, just being real with people and being, being able to be, be there for them. Mm-hmm. I'll have people reach out and say, I'm really struggling today with this. I'm so glad that you shared you are too. It is, it's such a good reminder that we are just not alone in all of this. We are I mean, not. That was, that's what I have found in um, having conversations on this podcast or moments in life where I've been able to be a bit more vulnerable is I am not by myself. Thank God. I'm not by myself, you know, in whatever the life is. And absolutely, I mean, even this, the serendipitous of you even introducing yourself today and saying you have twins, I'm like, oh my gosh, another person. He knows. Yes, he knows exactly. what it's like. Right. <laughs> I know. So, so we always close um, with one last question of, of um, what piece of advice you would give your younger self. And I don't know if you'd had any reflection on that. So what piece of advice would I give my younger self? I think just to believe in yourself, to put the fear and doubt aside and to do, even if it seems unconventional to the outside world, being a flower farmer is not a traditional role. (laughs) So even if it feels abnormal to go all in, to take the risk and don't necessarily live with inside what society tells you to do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, it has for been me. it has been so much fun um, to get to know you and to hear about your experience and your life. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, we are always um, so thrilled when people um, check us out on social media. You will find this episode and other episodes at a little happy podcast uh, on Instagram and wherever um, podcasts are. Uh, streaming, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. Laura, if we want to find um, happenings around the seedlings, where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find us at the seedlings on Facebook and the seedlings flower truck on Instagram. And um, yeah, you should jump onto my email list. That's my big thing right now. So I'll do a little plug for that. If you go onto our website, the seedlingsflowertruck.com, join my email list. Um, that is the best way to find where we're at. We send out the calendar every week. Thank you again so much, Laura, for joining us. It has meant um, the world and we cannot wait to continue to see the successes and the, the learned experiences Absolutely. of um, the seedlings. So until next week, um, we hope that you speak something into the world uh, and find something um, that brings you joy Be kind and be gentle to yourself. And we hope you find a little happy along the way. We'll chat again soon.